From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, North Korea follows up an intercontinental ballistic missile launch over the weekend with two short-range ballistic missiles. South Korea imposes fresh unilateral sanctions against the North in response to the ICBM launch. And Foreign Minister Park Jin says Seoul and Tokyo are in the final stages of producing a solution to the issue of compensating victims of Japan's wartime forced labor. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. Just two days after testing an intercontinental ballistic missile with the potential to hit the U.S. mainland, North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the East Sea. The North claimed that the two latest missiles were a part of its tactical nuclear attack means. Richard Larkin reports. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the East Sea between 7 and 7.11 a.m. on Monday from Sukchon, South Pyongan province, north of its capital. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said the two missiles fell into the sea after traveling around 390 and 340 kilometers, distances that put the South Korean airbase in the central city of Cheongju and U.S. airbases in Osan and Gunsan within reach. The missile test became the regime's third military provocation this year, coming just two days after the North launched a Hwasong-15 intercontinental ballistic missile toward the East Sea from Pyongyang's Sunan area, at a lofted angle that demonstrated a range capable of reaching the US. In a rare move, Pyongyang issued a report just about an hour after Monday's firings, with the state-run Korean Central News Agency saying that the regime's artillery unit test-fired two shots from a 600mm multiple rocket launcher. Calling the rocket launcher a means of tactical nuclear attack, the state media report claimed that just four rounds fired by the system could destroy an operational enemy airfield. Pyongyang blamed Seoul and Washington for prompting its latest military response, which followed the Allies' air drills on Sunday involving at least one US B-1B bomber and South Korean F-35A stealth jets. Kim Yo-jong, the influential sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, issued a statement on Monday threatening corresponding steps against the deployment of US strategic assets should they be judged to pose a threat to national security. She appeared to threaten additional missile launches in saying that the frequency of the North using the Pacific Ocean as a firing range would depend on actions taken by the U.S. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. South Korea imposed fresh unilateral sanctions against North Korea on Monday in response to its intercontinental ballistic missile launch on Saturday. The foreign ministry said on Monday that it designated four additional individuals and five agencies for their involvement in the regime's nuclear and missile development, as well for sanctions evasion. Three of the freshly designated individuals are North Koreans accused of involvement in the transportation or export of items subject to sanctions on Pyongyang's behalf, while one South African was added for helping to secure funds through the North's nuclear and missile development and for evading sanctions. The five institutions have either been involved in dodging maritime sanctions or trading North Korean coal and exporting oil into the regime. The latest designations are the fourth round of sanctions announced under the Yoon Suk-yeol administration, coming just 10 days after sanctions were imposed in response to Pyongyang's illicit cyber activities. Japan has requested the UN Security Council to convene an emergency meeting on North Korea's ballistic missile launches. 
Shortly after Pyongyang test-fired two ballistic missiles into the East Sea on Monday, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida told reporters that the country made the request, stressing the need to reinforce U.S.-Japan and South Korea-U.S.-Japan ties. The Japanese government said that the North's missile launches are in violation of UNSC resolutions and that Japan strongly protested and denounced them to Pyongyang via its embassy in Beijing. Foreign Minister Park Jin says Seoul and Tokyo are in the final stages of producing a solution to the issue of compensating victims of Japan's wartime forced labor. The top diplomat made the remark to reporters on Monday at Incheon International Airport upon returning home from a trip to the Netherlands and Germany. Park said he held sincere and honest talks with his Japanese counterpart, Yoshimasa Hayashi, on the contentious issue when they met on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference, adding that he conveyed to Japan the need to yield a reasonable solution. On whether he and Hayashi discussed the possibility of holding a South Korea-Japan summit, Park said the topic was not discussed, but stressed the need to restore shuttle diplomacy for the sake of national interests. Noting that a meeting of foreign ministers from Group of 20 Nations will be held in India next month, Park said he and Hayashi will again have the opportunity to meet if they are both able to attend the gathering. Amid suspicions that a fortune teller was involved in the relocation of the presidential residence last year, the police are seeking to secure related surveillance footage from candidate sites. Speaking to reporters on Monday, an official of the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency revealed the current status of the probe on claims that the fortune teller, called Chung Gong, accompanied Presidential Security Service Chief Kim Yong-hyun to the candidate location. The official said police are working on getting CCTV footage of the official residence of a former army chief of staff, which had once been considered as a potential candidate for the new presidential residence. The presidential office filed a complaint against former lawmaker Kim Jong-dae as he made claims related to Chung Gong's visit to the candidate location. The top office also filed a complaint against former defense ministry spokesperson Bu Seung-chan and two journalists who first covered the related story, accusing them of defamation. The police are seeking arrest warrants for two people in their investigation into the expressway noise barrier tunnel fire in Guachun, Gyeonggi Province last December that killed five people and injured dozens of others. The Gyeonggi Nambu Provincial Police Agency on Monday filed to arrest the driver of a five-ton claw truck that initially caught fire as well as an official at the second Seoul Incheon Linking Highway Company in charge of the control room. The two have been charged with causing deaths and injuries by occupational and gross negligence. The National Forensic Service earlier notified the police that the source of the combustion appeared to be electrical wires near the exhaust that degraded due to overheating, suggesting negligence by the driver. The truck had previously caught fire in 2020. The official at the expressway operator's control room is suspected of failing to detect the fire early and immediately take safety-ensuring measures in line with the fire manual, which is believed to have caused more casualties. Liquor prices in the country rose at the steepest pace in more than two decades last year. According to Statistics Korea on Sunday, the country's liquor prices gained 5.7% on-year in 2022, the largest on-year growth since 1998 when it soared 11.5%. The price of soju, a popular Korean distilled liquor, rose 7.8% last year, the largest gain since the growth of 7.8% logged in 2013. Beer prices increased 5.5% in 2022, the largest growth since 2017 when they rose 6.2%. The price hikes are attributed to the increase in the price of ingredients and raw materials.
A recent report shows that the number of daycare centers in South Korea has decreased by nearly 10,000 over the past five years as the country continues to suffer from chronically low birth rates. According to the Ministry of Health and Welfare on Sunday, the number of daycare centers nationwide stood at 30,923 as of 2022, a decrease of 9,315 centers from 2017. Tottenham Hotspur forward Son Heung-min scored his fifth goal of the season just four minutes after entering the field in the second half of his club's Premier League match against West Ham United at home on Sunday. Starting the match on the bench, Son came on for Richarlison in the 68th minute, netting a goal four minutes later. Adding on to wingback Emerson Royal's goal in the 11th minute, the 30-year-old South Korean star bagged Tottenham's second goal with a right-footed shot off a through ball by Harry Kane, ensuring a 2-0 victory. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 3.91 points, or 0.16% on Monday, to close the day at 2,455.12. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.